in brightest day, in blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's life. Pretty cool, huh? Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 193. Uprising Part 2. The end. Yes, thank God. The end, but not quite the end, but almost the end. Well, we hope it's the we hope it's the real end, at least for the time being. They they certainly have other things on their plate coming down the coming down the pike in the fall, so hopefully we won't we won't have to whiff a Durlin until <laughs> at least next year, and that's and that and that's being worst case scenario. I'm hoping it's a long time before we even see the D word again. I don't want that rancid stench of Durlin in my nostrils evermore. Oh, God. Okay, so we're covering Green Lantern number 32, Green Lantern Core number 32, Green Lantern number 33, and surprise, surprise, Green Lantern Core number 33. So what we're going to do is just uh, hop right in. I'm going to take number 32 of GL, uh, which is part three of six for the Uprising arc. And then Mark will take the middle two, and then I'll wrap us up, and we'll do some listener feedback. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so we open in Space Sector 0623, where the uh, Kundians are lining up to uh, make another uh, round of attacks. This actually kind of looks like the scene from, uh, oh, what is it, Phantom Menace? Oh, yeah, with the battle droids. Yeah, yeah, all lined up on the grass or whatever. That's what it looks like. Um, but, not, but not nearly as impressive as Battle Droids, <laughs> at least looking. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is when the Green Lanterns show up, all eight of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's enough, baby. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we skip to Space Sector 700 in orbit above the planet Durla. Um, Nolange wants her and the uh, Braidsmen to uh, you know, kind of disband and, and withdraw from this conflict. The Kundians want out as well. Uh, the fact that Nolange wants out doesn't surprise the the ancient that they're speaking with via hollow monitor, a la Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh God, he's no Palpatine. That's right. And uh, but he's he's kind of surprised that the the Kundians want to withdraw. Uh, the Kundian accuses him of being scared. You know. Uh, we've we've been at war for centuries while you've just kind of sat and uh, you know festered <laughs> like an open play with yourselves in the corner. That's right. Um, the the ancient points out that you know there are very few Durlins and you know our lives are sacred, whereas you guys basically breed to be expendable bodies in war. Um, at this point, the um, Durlin drops off the line. And boom goes all the Kundian ships. And uh, Nolange, you know, kind of hightails it out of there before her ship goes boom. Uh, and back down on the, uh, whatever the sector was where, where, where the Green Lanterns were, I've already forgotten. 0623. There you go, 0623. The uh, Green Lanterns are, are going up against the Kundians and, uh, you know, Hal's crushing them with tanks. And all of a sudden, boom! Um... The Kundians blow-ups, too. <laughs> uh, 
you know, just because boom. Codians go boom. Um, <laughs> they're trying to figure out what's going on and how can't find the source. So they're going to regroup back at HQ. And uh, on the way back, uh, Hal contacts Kilowog on Mogo. And uh, Mogo gets, uh, or Kilowog gets a sensor of an inbound craft. And he tells him to basically, this is Nolange heading towards Mogo. And they he moves to intercept. They rip the ship apart. And uh, Hal finally decides to let Goran's undo his job. <laughs> and says, you're under arrest. Uh, and Hal has to tack on it again. Um, in the uh, science cells, which is the lockup on Mogo, so I guess they're not worthy of being called science cells. Um, they're having a conversation between Nolange and Hal about what's been going on, and uh, Nolange says the Green Lantern Corps has failed, and he says, I failed, but I'm learning. And uh, you're not going to find the Durlins on their home world. They're looking, basically, this, there's a lot of words here. Um, but a whole lot of words. Yeah. Um, pages and pages of words. <laughs> yeah, but... Basically, she's kind of telling him there is they're looking for power uh, because they're you know they can't hold their form. So, and she finally kind of lets it spill that they're um, the answer's been right in front of you all along. How many of my clan is he locked up? How much business has he cost us? A being of living energy from an ocean of the same. Goran's son, the Durlins are headed to Zezin, uh, and then uh, over on Zezin. The ancient, one of the ancients and other some other Durlins are standing on the shores of the uh, ocean uh, there. The uh, was it the Sea of Eternity or something like that? Something like Sea of Generations. Sea of Generations. There you go. Uh, and then uh, Aquaman uh, shows up. I mean, uh, one of the, <laughs> the 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 king under the Sea of Generations shows up and it tells him you're not welcome here. One of the Durlins, you know, he gets impatient, grabs the king by the head, and swallows him. Um, he doesn't last and goes boom. Uh, lots of things go boom. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, he says, you know, we're going to wait till we can get the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Daxamite form, and then we will slake our thirst. Next in Green Lantern Corps number 32, Insidious. Not the sequel, the original, which was good. <laughs> yes. Insidious Part 1. Uh, the saga think? of the Durlins continues with the trilogy of awful, Man. awful Hal Jordan haircuts. That cover is so horrible. I know. That, that's what I think I figured out looking at as, as I, and it's kind of becoming an ongoing joke. Is There'll be more of it as the episode progresses and maybe even at the end about how bad Billy Tan really draws Hal. But if he could just get his damn haircut down, it would it would it would eliminate at least sixty percent of how bad he draws him. Basically, it's just horrible. And he's so and he's like so skinny. He's so stiff. He's just. What did you think? Anything in the issue of consequence? Not really. Um, I'll I'll be I, I, I'm gonna admit to you guys right now live on air. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> but so am I. But, <laughs> not just of the storyline, right, Chad? Yeah, not just of the storyline. It's been it's it's been a rough week. Uh, bit. I'll talk about it more later. But long story short, uh, old roommates move out. New uh, moved out. New roommates are coming in. It's the nature of student housing, and uh, in be- the in between, I thought I'd have to myself. But it's a whole lot of having to make sure upon leaving my apartment each day. That it's clean enough and organized enough that whatever 
people come through to either paint or clean or do whatever the hell they're supposed to do is they can get in and out without having to, you know, do anything extra. So it's it's all that on top of the job I have and whatever. Uh, that wasn't nearly as short as I wanted that to be. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so yeah, the, 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 the Durland story, I mean, setting aside the, the physical exhaustion I'm feeling at the moment, <laughs> the, 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 the Durland story, okay, it's, it's cool. Uh, I'll give it that. Uh, in, in the fact that we're deep, I, I said long ago, and I think I've even said it once this, this whole thing started and when we first started getting you know kind of upset about it, I am happy in the regards that we have the Green Lanterns facing other DCU cosmic stuff. Durlins, Kundians, Daxamites. I mean, all of this is involved in this story, and I'm happy we're getting that. That's also another reason I'm not quite as upset as Mark is regarding this whole New Gods thing that's supposed to be coming down the pike. It's more DC Cosmic being involved in the in the Green Lantern universe, and I'm, I'm glad we are... If we're, if we're going to be stuck in space a billion times every issue, and nobody goes to Earth ever, uh, which it seems like it doesn't matter how much bitching I do, that's going to keep happening... Uh, no one's going to think my point is, has any logic in it other than the people who <laughs> listen to the show and not DC because God knows that they you know, don't give a shit. But I told some, one of our listeners that I'd try and, be, uh, try and find the positive rather than start off with the negative. So uh, the positive being I am happy that we are having DC Cosmic involved more extensively in the Green Lantern comic. Uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, and it's topical, so we might as well. Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, when you are in a Guardians of the Galaxy book or you are in a, um, a Thor book that pl- takes place somewhere other than Midgard, those are kind of your, your gateways so that you can interact with Marvel Cosmic. Green Lantern should be the same for DC Cosmic. When you are reading a Green Lantern book, you shouldn't be just reading about the Green Lanterns and the other Lanterns. You should also be reading about DC Cosmic. And we are getting that here. So that's cool. Um, the idea that the the Durlins are... Uh, 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 what do you... I don't know what you would say, what the word is. I um, malevol- Malevolent? No, that's... Does that mean positive or bad? Negative. Negative, there you go. A malevolent race. And... That's kind of new because I I can I associate Durlins with uh, Chameleon Boy or whatever from the Legion of Superheroes, so that was kind of you know a twist. That's cool. Um, you know the the history of the Durlins. It was drawn by Scott Collins. That was kind of cool. Um, all the stuff that's been building up is is cool. The only problem is it's been going on so fucking long. <laughs> It is way too long, and I get that it's involving the Kundians and the da- and the Durlins, and they you know got to team up, and you kind of give got to give the backstory a little bit for both of those, and then we got to have time for the plot twist of you know oh my god they're they're are they real I mean by now we already know you know as of this particular issue we're covering our real goal is to head to head, head to uh, Daxum, and then you know now in this issue we know oh we got to go to uh, Zezin to get the power to maintain the form of... Oh my god, it's the ultimate plan. It did not have to be this long. Nope. I get that, nope. I, and, and I know that sounds kind of weird because it's a war kind of a story, and it's a, you know, they're, they're 
you know, they're shapeshifters and there's got to be a level of intrigue and stuff in there, but it did not have to be this long. So I'm, It's a boring war. It's a very boring it war. It is. <laughs> it's a boar war. It is. Uh, well, what I liked in this issue, I liked... Actually, the thing, the highlight of the issue probably was Noel Ange, and the and and not just the not just how, because obviously for whatever reason they really like Noel Ange because she's been a major factor in Green Lantern from the ever since the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's this new creative team, but I like I like the fact how she doesn't quite you know she's not truly an ally, but she kind of like you know she doesn't like being screwed over by the Durlins, so she's more than happy to kind of like participate in getting back at them by helping Hal. And I like the little joke about the fact, like, how many times has this have they tried to blow us up with a ship bomb? <laughs> that little line. It's like I stopped counting at ten. <laughs> so it kind of gives you a little, a, a little explanation for why, like, they're able to like skirt through besides a, a ever so present uh, and needed plot point. The fact that they're kind of used to this going on. <laughs> the coon may not be as used to you know blatant sabotage on a massive scale, but but the braidsmen have been been there, done that. So I like that. Um, I think a, a lot of the things that happen in this story in Uprising to me, at least actually even going back to the first two parts that we already did, they seem a little anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's I mean, it's a whole lot. of It's a whole lot of build up to a whole lot of nothing that we see. Like this whole issue is like it's build up, it's build up. And basically the majority of the plot is resolved just by the ships being blown up themselves by the Durlins. <laughs> Really, yeah. and then even as we get, and even the structure, and, we'll, and we can talk about this more once we do the final, once we go over the final two parts. I mean, even the choice of how they decided to actually end the storyline and what's the epilogue, and it just, it just seems like I don't know, it just seems like an odd, even a structural. It seems like an odd choice structurally how they did what they did, but I don't know. It was. The sad part is, again, some of these issues are still a lot better than the first few issues of Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps that we got. So the storyline, for the most part, you know, the whole Durlin thing did kind of, did kind of get pick up a little bit of steam towards the end, but it doesn't change the fact that, as you said, it's it's gone on too long, way too long. And plus, I, and I was thinking about this now, and it's not just relation. In relation to the Durlins, it was actually when I was reading the last issue of Green Lantern. So, by the because by the time this came out, is by the time this is being recorded, and this is another disclaimer since Chad talked about being tired. In our defense, people, this is kind of there've been a lot of technical difficulties <laughs> along the way to get us to record this issue, yeah. and we were all prepped to do this issue at least two weeks ago, and it just never came off. So, we may not be hitting on all, all cylinders here either as well as we normally would have been. But it, the new. Green Lantern, what, 34 just came out last week, mm. and I read that, and it's it's kind of funny because you don't get – nobody goes to Earth, but you kind of have a little bit of Earth coming – getting <laughs> leaving the planet. But I would, St. Walker, again, is in the issue doing nothing of relevance other than being nice St. Walker, and it just made me realize that you know St. Walker has been like – the Blue Lantern Corps, have, they've been gone for like a year now, <laughs> and St. Walker is still kind of just there, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I, I I would suspect the new God storyline. You have to think that's going to be when he gets back into the game. Because if not, I can't even imagine when it's going to happen at this point. Yeah, that's getting that's getting to the on. If it hasn't crossed the border yet, that's on the borderline too of being dragged on way too long. But that was just another thing 
that popped into my head about how long these storylines have been going on. It's hard to remember that it was, I think, it was New Guardians 23, right before the Relic, Relic Issues 24 across the book lines, that that's when uh, they blew up what Elpis or whatever it was and destroyed the Blue, blue, the blue Lantern. So, yeah. Well, those are really my thoughts on Green Lantern uh, 32. Well, you want to take Green Lantern Core 32? Sure, Green Lantern 32. Green Lantern Corps 32, which, you know, again, it's it's relatively compact in what actually happens on the page. But I didn't – the issue itself was – I didn't think it was – I thought it was pretty interesting, but predictable, on, again, on many levels, but interesting. So we begin in Space Sector 1760, the planet Daxum. You have a bunch of Daxamites on watch announcing, they're, they're here, be ready. And then all of a sudden you see John Stewart and his band of merry men and fatality uh, – and a few other women, of course, but Fatality is the only one who's not really a member of the Green Lantern Corps. They show up arriving on Daxum because they they found out in their last issue, again, of the Dorland's plan to copy DNA-wise all the Daxamites so they would be able to absorb all the power from Zezin. And, and just in general, even just going under a yellow sun, just, just absorb enough power to basically be a race of Superman and be locked into that form forever and... That wouldn't be really good for the universe as we know it. So as Uprising Part 4 Insidious begins, John John Stewart and his group arrive, including with Arisia holding the still relatively weakened Sodom Yat. They arrive on the surface. The, the Daxamites, of course, in the beginning give their typical uh, racist, xenophobic um, talk about infector soil with one touch. And, of course, Jeruk kind of freaks out and starts... Uh, Nobody threatens Jeruk like, <laughs> kind of like the Hulk again. There, it's like, no, no one is stronger than Hulk. So he gets freaked out. He starts laying into a Daxamite, and John Stewart tells him to stand down. John Stewart tries to, you know, he tries to point out that you know we only came here to help. Uh, you know, under a yellow sun, you were, you, you know, you were the mo- one of the most, most powerful. Or together, you're some of the most powerful beings in the universe. But you know, under a red sun, you know, you now you need help. You know, we can protect you. And they kind of, you know, the Daxamites originally kind of say, well, you don't need your help. You know, we, we know what damage the lanterns can do and you've done enough. And then basically Sodom Yat steps up and makes his, makes his appearance in, known. And all of a sudden, it's the leader who is surprisingly Sodom Yat's father. He goes, Sodom, you're alive. And Sodom Yat's kind of surprised because Sodom Yat seemed, I mean, his father seems relatively happy to see him. But the last time that's <laughs> the last time they met, it wasn't quite that way. And Sodom points out that, thinking that his father wants something, he says, "Well, you know, I, I got to make this clear right up right up front that you know, I don't have ion in me anymore, so I can't really change the sun yellow again." And he goes, "It doesn't matter. I'm just happy to have you back." John Stewart kind of interrupts the little family friendly family get together to point out, you know, what the, basically what the plan is, how the Durlins are coming to take to take take over your DNA to take you over. Uh, Sodomiat's father points out that we have, um, you know, we have many defenses, not just our soldiers come in and we'll show you. And they see a whole bunch of spaceships that um, ready to launch. And the idea of would be to send the Durlins out into space to where there's a yellow sun so they can charge up and be, and gain superpowers as part of their defense. We switch over to Mogo, who is en route to Sector 0563. Um, Salak is doing his thing when Von Daggle approaches him. 
Uh, Silas kind of points out he really shouldn't be here. Silas kind of tells him and us what we kind of already know, which is that the Dorlans plan to extract the energy from Zezen. And as they're talking, all of a sudden, uh, Von Dago uh, changes shape. He kind of he kind of zaps Zalik, I mean Salak there, excuse me. And then um, Van Dagle enters the ring chamber. He puts on a Green Lantern ring, which he kind of points out he swore that he'd never do that again. And you see little interesting dialogue saying, System override confirmed, ring programming interface online. And he goes, Sorry, Salak, I wish it didn't have to be this way. And we see extraction begun. And, and Von Dagle screams in pain. We cut back to Daxum. It looks like it's snowing on Daxum. Uh... The land, Jeruk and Feska have a have a conversation, kind of making small talk. Uh, Jeruk points out that he's tired of waiting. We should find the Durlins, whatever form they're, form they're taking, they're already taken and dissect them. The Daxamites kind of say a fight is coming sooner than you think, Lanterns. Meanwhile, uh, Sodomiat's father is still kind of you know laying out the uh, laying out their plan. Uh, Sodomiat points, you know. Sodomiat's father says you know, it's kind of ironic that the Green Lantern is arguing against intervention. Should should Daxum cede control of our planet? You know, let our let you dictate our fate. And John Stewart again points out we're not looking to take over the planet. We're trying to help you. Sodomiat holds his ground and, and makes makes a point of saying that whatever you know, whatever course they pick, you know, you know he isn't going with them. His place isn't by their side. So to Miat's father points out, or doesn't he says, "You're quite right on that last count, son." Then all of a sudden, fatality. Arisia, Sodom, and John Stewart are surrounded by Daxamites, and of course, we're going to find out in a few moments that after. Let me, let me go in order, just because of the, for the sense of continuity. Uh, we, while John Stewart is surrounded on Daxum, back on uh, in the ring chamber, Van Dagel is in pain. The extraction is completed. Uh, he comes out looking like a mess. Salak is, is functioning again. He's going, what is this? What have you done? And the rings update initiated. And uh, he, Van Dagel points out, every Durlin was infected with radiation. Through my ring, the system dug into my cells. It, it identified the isotope, the isotope that resides in all Durlins. So pretty much because of what Van Dagel did, now all... The Green Lantern rings are now capable of being able to detect Durlins. And, of course, we find out very quickly that basically all the Daxamites that are surrounding them are not Daxamites, but they're Durlins. Um, the Green Lanterns then engage, in, then engage fighting the uh, Daxamites. Meanwhile, Jon Stewart's group of four, their rings now with the, with the new detection the new update, their detection of Durlins is enabled too, so they find that basically the same thing that the soldiers, the other lanterns in Jeruk and company have found outside, that all the Durlins, excuse me, all the Daxamites have already been taken over, the battle for Daxam was already fought before they got there, the Durlins won, he, you know, Sodomiat finds out that his father has already been killed and, and, and replaced, one of the ancients is there, and he's, and he's pointing out that most of the most, but not all, the Daxamites are already gone. Pretty much, the, I believe, with the, the, the women and the children that are still alive, some of them. But basically, he, the the, um, the ancient wants Sodomiat to be the form. That basically the the form of the Daxamites, you know, taking over everything. 
for the, so the people that obviously don't know the Durlins would just think it's Sodom yet, yet another former Green Lantern, kind of like another shot at the Green Lantern Corps in a not-so-subtle way. Of course, Sodom Yad blasts, you know, blasts the Durlins, or blasts the Ancient with, with what's very his last kind of reserves of his heat vision, which is kind of interesting because you wonder how much charge he had because he was kind of like kept in a kept in a cell. Um, John Stewart. Uh, before that happens, the uh, the Ancient points out you just sentenced the last generation of Daxamites to death in yourselves. You're hopelessly outnumbered. John Stewart points out that he called in backup, and we see all the uh, all our favorite criminals that were in the the uh, core annual have shown up, including Evil Star. John goes, Arisia worked with Kanjar and the others to get the real Daxamites out of here. Um, Fatality and John Stewart take on the Ancient. All the spaceships from Daxum begin taking off and heading for Zezin. And even though uh, John Stewart is able to, along I think with Fatality, they're able to kill the Ancient. Pretty much the, their plan is already underway since all the all the uh, Daxamite Daxamite Durlins are now heading towards Zezin. John Stewart's pretty much organizing the the lanterns to go intercept them and and Sodomiat points out at this point that he's not going to go, that everything that's happened everything that's happened basically to Daxum is his fault. Um, because it's because of him that the people that the Durlins even learned about the Daxamites. And he points out also that we are we as Daxamites are too dangerous. We must stay hidden. We must all remain here. And John Stewart can't really blame him for that decision, plus he knows that he's already given plenty to the core. At this point, we switch back to Zezin, almost in a similar scene to what we saw at the last issue of Green Lantern, in which the uh, the Zezites are looking up in the sky, seeing the ships come down, and of course, the, the, one of the child Zezites says to his father, thinking that you know that they may be Green Lanterns, since the Green Ta- Green Lanterns were going to be coming to protect them. He goes, "What is that, father? Is that the Lanterns?" And that ends this issue. Of uprising. So Sodom Yat's back, yay! Oh, and then wait. Sodom Yat's gone, yay! <laughs> the, the new creative team giveth and taketh away <laughs> Sodom Yat in two issues. <laughs> uh, so to be fair, I think I think they have stated that they that they do still have plans for Sodom Yat. So it's probably not where he's going to be off the table for like another two or three years. We hope, but yeah, it is certainly a little anticlimactic that. The, the big reveal that Sodom Yat was there, and he actually it actually factored into the plot, this, that, and the other thing, and then all of a sudden, he, he changes his tune real quick about, oh, you know, I, I'm going to have nothing to do with whatever they want to do, and it's like, oh, this is all my fault, so I guess I'm staying. Ah, <laughs> uh, what did you think? Well, I know I got a little long-winded there, but it the issue was okay. Um, probably probably the big the big uh, light bulb going off or or alarm going off to Sodom should have been how friendly his father was to him. <laughs> yeah. Because his father's a dick. <laughs> so, I thought it was an interesting issue. It was kind of, I guess, it's, it kind of turned things on, on its head a little, just from the point of view that you naturally would have suspected they would get there, if not in time, almost in time. You know, maybe the battle was going on, but they would be there to, you know, kind of like either stem the tide or... So it was kind of a nice little nice little switch up that basically they got there they already lost the battle even though of course they didn't know they they had lost the battle at the time so that was that was kind of a that was kind of a nice touch I thought but overall that was kind of 
to me that was kind of the highlight of it. Yeah. I mean, not much to talk about that you didn't already cover. Um, I will say that the uh, juxtaposition of the uh, background as far as, like, the atmosphere of Daxum as a, uh, against the, like, the green light and and uh, the blue costumes of the of the quote-unquote Daxamites makes the colors look pretty cool on this in this issue. That's true. Lots of purples, pinks, and blues and greens, which uh, works pretty cool. Uh, the fact that it's snowing adds something to it, I think. I do too. The uh, the kind of, the kind of splash half splashes like when they detect all the Durlins and you know the lanterns start fighting and everything that those that art looks pretty cool. It's when the other artist takes over that things get weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't have much to say about this one. Did you like it, or did you... I like... I think it's a better issue of Core than most we've read recently. I don't think it's the the best issue of Core we've read since the new creative teams have taken over, but it's definitely in the better half. Yes, I was going to say. It's... 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 it's, it's definitely in the definitely in the upper echelon as far as it you know top fifty percent give or take of every of everything we've read so far related to um everything we've read certainly in this even in the Dur- in the Dorland storyline alone that it's got, got has gotten to the point where it was a more enjoyable issue than you would kind of expect right. so it was good it was yeah. Unspectacular, but it it kind of it kind of got the kind of got the point across of what it needed to do, and it, and it and it it did move the plot, it did move the plot. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to take number thirty-two, thirty-three. I guess I suppose I have to. <laughs> you volunteered for this. I know. I'm only, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I still I still think this issue is slightly better than than Core thirty-three, <laughs> and luckily I have. I made sure I got I got the uh, Ethan Van Skyver cover, so I don't have to look at any more Billy Tan art. <laughs> <laughs> at least not on the, at least not on the cover. And uh, hey, it's a central power battery on the cover that actually looks like a central power battery. That's a step onto itself. So, so we begin in Space Sector 0563, the planet Zezin, the invading Durlin fleet. Um, so we have the Durlins, Durlins meeting another ancient. I'm honored to deliver your prize. And it turns out to basically be a Daxamite hand, which is kind of cool. Um, we, cut over to, we cut over to Mogo real quick, where you have John basically filling Hal in on the fact that they kind of failed, that the, you know, everything, everything on Daxam's already played itself out. We pretty much are only, you know, our only real chance is to cut them off at the pass before uh, they get to Zezin. And Kilowog points out, you better, you know, you guys better think up another plan because of the fact that a whole fleet basically has just touched down on Zezin. So Hal, with his horrible hair, points out, sound, you know, general alarm, Kilowog, every lantern on Mogo has to get to Zezin now. And he tells John and his group, basically get to get there as quick as you can. So on Zezin, the... The ancient first tries to touch the Daxamite hand. Uh, one of the the, the the Durlin points 
one of the other regular Dorlins points out that, you know, don't try to hold it yet, Ancient. You know, beneath the power of the, of the yellow sun, the strain of a Daxamite form is too great. You need, and of course, the, the Ancient kind of, guess, cuts them off with the pass. It's like, uh, basically, all we need to do is, you know, what? Basically, once we get enough energy, it's not going to matter. You think we? I brought us to this world to get this energy to, to wash away all living in the shadow. It's like once we drink deep, Dylan Kine will be forever in the sunlight. And then just like that, they found us. And of course, up in the sky, looking very familiar to what we saw in Green, in Green Lantern 32, except there's a whole bunch more Green Lanterns now. The Green Lantern Corps arrives, and Hal orders them form the wall. They form a green construct energy wall and of course Hal being uh, rah 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 you know we hold this ground no matter what and of course while they're forming the wall some of the little kitties uh, Zezites pop out and it's like uh, uh, we want to know we know what a green lantern is but you know what are you it's like you're so dim which is kind of funny <laughs> he goes I'm a human from I'm a human from earth and he goes earth so maybe he's like the Will Smith uh, says, I <laughs> welcome to Earth. Uh, uh, Goran's son tells the kids, you know, dive deep with the others. Goran's son just seems like a really good guy, doesn't he? <laughs> he just had that big smile on his face. It's just kind of the whole the whole universe is going to pot and he just kind of seems kind of seems happy go lucky. <laughs> um, so, you know, they had their wall built. You know, the range, the Durlins are like with 200 yards away. They're, you know, they're talking amongst themselves. Do you think the Durlins will leave? And he goes, nope. And if we and if we charge, they'll scatter and slip past us. So we're going to draw them in closer. Mogo, you know what to do. Bombs away. And, Mo, and Mogo goes, launching core leader Jordan. Basically, he shoots down meteors or fragments of Oa, I guess, technically, since he does say from Oa, spaghetti heads. <laughs> Poor Oa. But at least it serves a purpose, right? <laughs> how's, how's one to talk? Yeah, that's true. Spaghetti head. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is tr- that is true too, and it's also the fact that you know it's like how how knows a certain he, he's kind of been involved in, in though kind of indirectly in you know Oa being destroyed once or two, at least once himself. So uh, yeah, from Oa spaghetti heads. So while the, the meteorites are pounding down. You know, some of the Daxamites point go to the ancient. It's like, do you think we can find another way around? He goes, no, we will move you, move them. Take your most lethal forms. And they take some really f- freaky looking forms, including some dinosaur looking stuff, some whale looking things, almost like a like a rhino triceratops looking thing. It doesn't really matter. It's like they they just come they just come charging at them. Hal, of course, is rah rah. Pour it on, Mogo. You know, so basically, Mogo is acting as the artillery, trying to bomb the advancing infantry and cavalry of the opponents. Um, Kill uh, Hal says, "You know, are you scared, Kilowak?" He goes, "Of a bunch of shapeshifters? Nah." He goes, "Of the idea that you have a plan? <laughs> Definitely." He goes, "I can't say I blame you there." Right on cue, based on my reference, even though I didn't do it on purpose. Um, <laughs> Hal point goes to Mogo and tells him to call off the artillery. Now it's up to us, the boots on the ground. You know, the, the the wall, the energy wall they created starts cracking. 
all the Green Lanterns pretty much are pushing their, their full weight and their full will against it. Dig in, Lanterns, as hell. Hold the line, drive them back. Every other uh, cliche battle <laughs> in the heat of battle call we can throw out. Um, and then the Dorlin, of course, makes a mistake. He should have realized from reading the other issues that this is not the way to go. That your hope crumbles like your like your wall, Lantern. There is nowhere left for your core to go. And he, he basically don't piss off Hal Jordan, more or less. It's like the universe you swore to protect is gone. You have no friends left. Hal goes, you know, you're right. Thanks to the way you dragged us through the mud, you know, we are out of friends. That's why I brought some of yours. And of course, coming up from behind, behind the Durlins, of course, is Noah Ange and her and all her. Those wacky braidsmen for the outer clans, and they start turning all their weapons on the on the Durlins. They start blowing the crap out of the Durlins. The ancient turn around, trample the. Eh. Now Hal's all cocky because basically the Durlins are being wiped out left and right. Quit while you still can, Durlin. And he goes, "Your simple stratagems can't outwit me." And Hal says, well, maybe I haven't been around as long, but I don't have to be a genius to see that one plus one equals you're screwed. And Hal creates a whole, like, basically a whole platoon of soldiers constructed from his green energy. They dig in. They start wiping out pretty much all the other all the other Durlins along with the Braidsmen. So at the end of the day, pretty much all the Durlins... If they're not dead, they're close to it, except for the ancient. Hal, Hal encases them in green energy, like, and of course, how does how much does it suck for the ancient? Because he like literally was like a foot away from the from the Zezite Sea. Doesn't that suck? <laughs> so of course, uh, Hal, you know, Hal, Gorn's son, everybody's all, everybody's all happy. He, you know, they won. They didn't. You know, they did the. Uh, they did what no one thought they could do. Rah, rah, rah. Um, some of the Zezites seem uh, interested in uh, Fatality, which is kind of funny. It's like, what's your name, Fatality? Ooh, you sound nice. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh, Hal points out that, you know, uh, to John, he says, you know, you, you've already seen your, you know, your share of everything, of your fighting. You know, no sense wasting the trip. Why don't you take your time? You know, take it easy. Relax here on... On Zezin, we got this. So, the Green Lantern Corp takes takes the Ancients and every other uh, Durlin that basically survived. They take them back to to Mogo to lock them up in cells. Typical banter between you know the defeated Durlin and Hal. The Durlin saying you can claim victory for what it means, you know, for for what it's worth. But you know, he's a he's an Ancient. There's always more time for him. Your time is coming. One day you'll be dust and he'll be waiting, yada, yada. Then, of course, as Hal's all happy and celebrating victory, we get an interrupted transmission from Jon Stewart going, Hal, we were wrong. It's not over. Communication terminated. And thus ends part five of Uprising. Let's see. Positive, positive. Uh... <laughs> the positive is I don't have to read it again? No. Um, no what... other, than, other than Hal or other humanoid individuals i like the art that's true if you leave out if you leave out hal being drawn that way i guess it's i guess it's kind of easier to uh to appreciate the art yeah kilowog looks like a badass 
That's true. He does. Um, you got nothing, do you? <laughs> well, what, what else is there to say? Uh, uh, the Zezites are cool. Yeah, the Zezites, I mean, just kind of reinforces my like of Goran's son from the beginning, so. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I like that this box lantern has been front and center this entire time. He just keep, he just keeps showing up and just <laughs> he's right in the thick of it all. <laughs> yeah, he's he he's he's a legend. That one. There's a lot of stories left to be told about that guy. That's right. You get him, box. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Charlie Brown had the sack on his head when he was on camp. You tell him, sack. It's like what, <laughs> Mister Sack? It's like yeah, you get him, box. Um, I don't know. What, is there anything really else to say about this? No. Once again, it seemed like it was a you know it did seem a little anticlimactic. Like this, there's this big battle that kind of doesn't doesn't last particularly long, and and I don't know. I still think personally this would have been a better part six as opposed to part five, but yeah. But it is what it is, and I don't know. You just want to, you just, you just want to put us out of our misery and do number thirty-three. <laughs> so the planet Zezin, they uh, uh, fatalities, you know, kind of kneeling in uh, among the bodies. They came so close, uh, but they didn't win. Um, they're never gonna hurt anybody. Let's, you know, let's. I promised you a beach vacation. It's time I finally delivered. Um, uh, since when are you shy? Let's take a dip. Uh, we're on our own. Did you forget the whole ocean is living energy? Uh, <laughs> and that's when a little child pops his head out. It's like hee hee. And you know, fatality approaches it. Were you gonna kiss him? Is that because you love him? <laughs> you know, like a kid. Um. She's going to tell him a secret, come close, and that's when she eats the child. Uh, because, surprise, surprise, Fatality's a Durlin. <gasps> oh, no. And uh, she's got the co- she's copied the DNA of the Daxamites. She's now ingested a Zezite, and she is Uber Fatality. Slash Durlin, whatever your name is. Um, there's the atypical, I mean, I'm sorry guys, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read the BS, uh, uh, the atypical, but, but, but I love you and we spent so much time and, and when were you replaced? You know, it's, 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 it's all for us. <laughs> and I humped you. Yeah. Um, Ew. it's at this point that the ring, her, uh, star sapphire ring says ring error, unauthorized where detected star sapphire, Yara, I guess Siren? Sinril. Sinril. Sinril, Sinril, something like that. Yara Sinril located, reuniting. Yara, she's alive. And that's when uh, the Durlin snatches the ring out and crushes it into powder. Uh, That's when John sends his transmission. Uh, John and Fatality, Durlin, fight each other. Um... She's pounding him into the ground and into the uh, ocean. All the uh, all the uh, Zezites kind of flee around. Don't let her touch you. Um, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not going to kill any of the other Zezites, but I'm going to bring the rest of my Durlin brothers and sisters here to devour the rest of them. And John's like over my dead body, 
They continue fighting. Uh, she heads to Mogo to release the other Durlins. Uh, then, by doing so, she stomps into the face of Stell, who finally we get back in awesomeness, all of his glory, and he just gets stomped into peace. Poor Stell. Stell gets torn apart every time we see him. Yeah, he re- he really has a he really has bad luck. Oh one 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 oh one 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 one. I need help. She she uh you know starts torturing one of the other lanterns to get information about where the other Durlins are. Um, some of the other lanterns show up and start you know tackling her and you know trying to subdue her. Um. So. Hal, we cut to Hal in the science cells, and Hal's talking to Von Daggle, and you know Hal's like, "We need every every available person to to help out." And Von Daggle's like, "I'm out of practice. I'll guard the prisoners." And it's at this point, I don't let's see. Try to fail genocide. Does he actually kill them? I'm guessing so, doesn't he? It's not. I'm just trying to make sure that this isn't this because I I had the trouble. I had trouble with this. When I first read it, it's not like a par- paralysis. Uh, I'm guessing it's he kills him. Basically, Von Daggle and Mogo have come to an understanding. Mogo sprouts flowers into the science cells of all the the Durlins that sprays this pollen powder that essentially, I'm pretty sure, kills all of the the, the Durlins. Uh, Mogo says the Durlins left us with with no benevolent options. I've seen enough eons past to know war always carries a great cost. Um, so everybody's still busy fighting uh, fatality. Um, Oliversity has her in hand, and then that's when she turns around and you know does the super breath and ices uh, Oliversity over and shatters him. So no more Oliversity. Sucks. Um, so she's she's fighting. Fatality comes up to uh, Von Daggle and is like, "What have you done? What have you done? I'll kill you." John shows up, uh, and they start going up against each other. And she notices the sun is moving, and John's like, "Well, the sun's not moving. We're moving away from the sun. You you haven't been a Daxamite long enough for exposure to a yellow sun." to merit any power absorption and the further we get away from a sun a yellow sun the weaker you will be Hal shows up and guess what guess what a plane (laughs) construct and shoots all kind of missiles at her Um, she gets knocked to the ground where Mogo holds her down all the other lanterns pile on and soon Mogo is out of uh, distance of a yellow sun John comes up to her and says, I'm going to kill you, and, but he doesn't. I'm just getting her the hell away from me. Uh, story basically ends with John saying to Hal, Yara's still alive. I need to go find her. And then elsewhere, the there's it's kind of like a little epilogue. Um, the final eclipse is coming, and the Shadow Empire shall bear witness to it. Um Basically, the whole Durlin thing evidently was set up by whatever this was going on, whatever was going on, and the 
the conflict with let me read it. We we hardly expected the Durlins to defeat the Lanterns, just weaken and distract them. What the core has faced so far was but the opening skirmish. <laughs> God help us all. <laughs> oh, mother effer. Uh, and that ends the Durlin whatever. Oh, you didn't mention the Shadow Empire, did you? Yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah. Yep. As, as I've said before, and we'll say it again as long as... Especially until the uh, graphic novel comes out, because then after that there'll be no, there probably won't be any more th- any more mileage I can get out of it. In the real world, if only all uprisings could be put down as easy as this one can. <laughs> it's... If only, if only all uprisings could be put down as easy as as this one can be, which is goodbye. <laughs> it's the end of the universe. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon, skirmish part one of twelve. Tussle. Yeah, tussle. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Oh. Um. All right. What do you think? Positive. The panel where she crumbles the ring to little tiny shreds and blows it away. That looks cool. <laughs> yeah, that looks cool. Um. Kind of like the double entendre stuff at the beginning, where like Fatality's saying they came so close. Once it's revealed that you know who Fatality is, really, that that takes on a different meaning. So that's kind of cool. Um, I could have done without her killing a child. Yep, I agree. But um, you know. I mean, it, it couldn't be anybody else walking out. Like, you know, maybe a, an adult Zezite coming out to thank him for saving, you know, and protecting the children and stuff like that. In a, in a wheelchair, or at least with a crutch. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fatality seemed uh, easily subdued for essentially a superwoman. Yeah. I mean, I know the battle went on this whole issue, and I know... They moved her away from the sun, so she was progressively getting weaker. But still, um, yeah. I wonder if there will be any consequences for Mogo. I doubt it. Or Von Daggle. Hey, down the road, probably something with Von Daggle, I would suspect. But who knows? I don't even really want to speculate on the Shadow Empire. I think that's just kind of akin to the... Uh, Church of Anti-Emotion or whatever. The, the what? The Paling? Yes. I mean, the, pa- pale, the pale, pale Bishop, Pale Vickers. Yeah, the, the, the Paling, the Pale Vickers and all that. I mean, that's... We're getting more of that now, but I think it's just kind of... Uh, do you think this has to do with the new gods, or is just this the next thing between the two? Well, originally, I would have suspected it was between the two, but now looking at where we are, since what... I think the New Gods thing is supposed to start in October, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't really allow any time for anything to happen in between because they just had the first issue. Like I said, the, the issue of Green Lantern that just came out was pretty much, for lack of a better way of describing it, was pretty much filler. And the issue that comes out after that, all those issues are going to be the Future's End issues. So that would be September. So I don't think that if 
I mean, unless there, unless it, fa- it plays into some element of what's going on with the new gods somehow mm-hmm. behind the scenes or whatever, uh, it's probably not. It's either something we're not going to see dealt with until after the new gods, or it's got to be somehow factoring into the new god storyline. But I, I, be, I bet it'll take place the same way. Like the Durlin thing started with issues twenty-one and twenty-two, and then the core got distracted by Relic. I bet it's the same thing. They're going to start Probably. building up this bullshit, and then the core will get distracted with the new with the with the new gods. But the but the, yeah, especially since the end of Green Lantern, the the new issue kind of directly relates to uh, God's head. So even though they tell you what's coming next is going to be the, you know the fu- the future's end issues, which I actually I'm kind of interested in because even though they have nothing to do with continuity, maybe that's why I'm interested. Yeah. At best, at best, it will have to do with future continuity, which we all know means it will have nothing to do with continuity. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It may be the new, new, new 52 by then, or the old 52. So who the hell knows? Five, five years from now, I can guarantee you, DC is not going to go, hey, remember all those Futures End titles we had across all these titles? If any- you got to make them work now, guys. <laughs> you got to make them work. Fit it in. Yeah. But the Durlins are gone. Thank God. For now. Do you have anything to say about this issue? Uh, I think we've kind of beat a dead horse as far as the uh, everything. As far as talking negatively about it, but I just I think, like I said, I don't think it was as strong an issue as some of the other ones in in Uprising. I think, as I mentioned before, I think it would have been better for. Th- I think it would have almost been better to have like Uprising be five parts and then have this be an epilogue to Uprising where we would have been shocked with the fact that there's actually an epilogue to a storyline that actually means something yeah. <laughs> as opposed to people doing with just dealing with their post-traumatic stress, which, you know, the uh, all of all the fallout and aftermath and all, all, no matter how you phrase it, there's still the epilogue to the story that I think they could have at least this would have been an epilogue that would have had some resonance to it and would have kind of given you a, something if you didn't read it you actually would have missed something but coming after the you know coming on on the heels of the big battle it just seemed like it was kind of you know anticlimactic a little but but there seemed to be a lot of that and that's in the storyline yeah but it it certainly was a it got better as it went along and the whole Durland storyline did I mean it's Maybe again, maybe if it wasn't so a year's worth of issues, pretty much, maybe we would feel a lot different about it. But there were some good things. Hal, you know, as as a as a leader, Hal certainly seemed to be making strides. But of course, again, it's kind of ironic because in the, like in the interview with, I think it was I think it was either Van, it was either Van Jensen or uh, Venditti yeah. that uh, pointed pointed out or kind of hinted at the fact that. Uh, the fact that you know what's coming up next for Hal, you might you might kind of see the uh, the fact that he kind of developed developed a, more of a strategic mind and not just rushing in and and how now it's like oh, well that might not necessarily be the you know you might see the negative aspects of that change now now or the negative fallout from that kind of thinking you know with the next you know basically with the next threat to the core whether they're talking about the new gods or whether they're talking about the shadow empire 
So it's kind of like it would be kind of, just the way things are going. It would be kind of ironic that you finally get Hal to be a real leader and thinking strategically, and now you pr- <laughs> and then you pull the rug out from underneath them to show. See, that's see, that's not a good thing now either. We need the old Hal back. <laughs> I don't know. I hope the new gods thing is good. It's not that I don't think that it will be interesting. It's just a, as a as a general rule, I'm not a huge fan of the new gods, and they've never been particularly interesting to me. So. I would have. They're different. There, I guess, there are different ways I would have. I would have liked to have seen it go, with a big crossover involving Green Lantern. But as you pointed out, the New Gods are supposed to have a big presence in the DCU probably next year. It's always nice to have the Green Lantern Corps be front and center again. The emotion, as far as I'm concerned, having the emotional spectrum be front and center again, and maybe ha- you know having something relevant happen to the DC universe. Where the Green Lanterns and their myth, their mythos are right there on the front lines. So hopefully this will be the case. Uh, but again, I don't know if the new. It's to me it's still a question about whether the new gods is going to just have people just you know it, pique people's interest across the board. But I'm. But at least the solicits seem interesting so far. <laughs> yeah, so far. Um, and I've always kind of had a. Mild curiosity, I guess, for the new gods. I'm, I'm never really super thrilled when they show up, but I don't know enough about them to be super upset if they show up or anything. I'm basically, I, I still have more to learn, so I can't I can't totally push it away. Um, but yeah, I'm just glad this is done. Me too. So, feedback. Uh, we got, what, four emails? Three emails? Uh, we have... Because we did... We did Scott's... The first one from Scott we did. Okay. Well, uh, we, don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to do any of the replies, because I'm assuming that based on the initial email and our responses live, we won't... Right. So... But I know we did. Yeah, I know we did the initial one because he was talking about you yawning and getting comfy in the chair. Yeah. And, and it parallax. So we, so we did, we, we did that one. We had a, we have a voicemail. Right. So, which are we going to do that this time or next? No, time? we'll do that this time. Check it, check the emails. Do strong bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I and I love and I love the really bad translation. God. Okay, so. Hey, girl. <laughs> it's so funny reading this translation. <laughs> hey, chat, and I wanted to ask, hey, John Marks. So, okay, see her mind on the issues, but if you can, guys, I didn't talk about that. Noticing then, core. <laughs> wow. Zero year time is you. <laughs> like I said, the end is great. Get my voicemail. Hey, girl. Bye. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, uh, Chad and... I will sit down. <laughs> hey, Chad and Mark. Um, so, okay, I'm super behind on the issues, but uh, there was a few things you guys uh, didn't talk about that I noticed in Green Core issues. Uh, was it 25 to 27, I think? Yeah. Right. I have to, to mark which issue is uh, related to, but oh well. Alright, so I think the reason why in uh, the zero year 
tie-in issue. Uh, John was suddenly going <laughs> going through the stadium like a freaking wizard was because he's supposed to be an architect. Uh, therefore, he would know things about uh, the building that the rest of the squad would not. And also the whole, like, uh, Davis X Falcon thing. I think in screenwriting they call that hanging a lantern on it. You have a character point out how easy something is. Uh, so do I hang a lantern on it? <laughs> um, I just realized this was, uh, this is Dode. <laughs> uh, and then I got a feeling Fesca, uh, kind of, I don't know, it feels like they may be hinting at some kind of romance between her and Juruk. And the last thing was, uh, the evil sort of thing. I, uh, it looked like he had Starro on his chest. So, I don't know, maybe that's just because Evil Star had, like, a, a star-shaped face mask back before the New 52, but uh, it looked like maybe it was Evil Star possessed by by Starro. I don't know. I mean, we've seen that that's not what Starro looks like but in Justice League, but still, maybe that's supposed to be Starro possessing Evil Star for some reason. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Chad, leave a voicemail because, uh, Chad said that you guys never get voicemails. There you go. Right? I like that we can guilt listeners into sending voicemails now. Did you say his name in this? It's Dowd. Oh, is it Dowd? Yeah. Okay. I think the point about the, I guess the point about John being the architect probably would make sense. That they might want to show off probably his background. Yeah. And that it would probably be more of a, it would be... Based on knowledge and interest level, it would be that he would be more likely to explore and to figure that this is probably the tactic to use or it would be worth taking a look at since he kind of be more likely to know the underpinnings and how things are built. Uh, so I think that's – I think that's – I think that's kind of a – I think that's a valid point. I think that probably makes sense. Um, I think – and I kind of almost mentioned this when we were doing the reviews of this – when they were of issue 32 of Green Lantern Corps when they were on Daxum. That, uh, I think the Jeruk Fesca thing, I think they are hinting at that. Yeah, I, I, and I think they're, they're doing it better than any other romance they've handled. <laughs> it's subtle and it's slow. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, yes, it's not like they're talking one minute and she's jumping his bones the next battle. <laughs> Why you kiss Jeruk? <laughs> <laughs> Jeruk no like lips. Um, so I yeah I think I think they are hinting at that. And one of the things I think we've mentioned before, one of the things they've done well besides bringing back some of the older uh, lanterns and older concepts is they've they've created some interesting new lanterns. And like uh, I think I like Jeruk. I like Fesca. It's two six right? Is 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 it two six? Yeah. The other one I like I like her. Um, so I think they've done a good job. I think they've done a good job with that. Um, regarding Evil Star, I, I, I still think that's just kind of his new design. Yeah, I think so too. That's what I think. I think they just come, they just completely gave him a, a serious makeover. (laughs) And that, I think, I think that, I think that kind of explains this, so. Yeah. That's my t- that's my take on it. What do you think? I agree with you. I mean, I, I don't have I don't have a whole lot else to add. Um, thank you, uh, Dowd, for leaving a 
uh, a voicemail. <laughs> yes. Seriously. <laughs> first voicemail. You're A number one. First, You're the Duke of New York. First, first, first voicemail of the new uh, podcast team. <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> it's nice to know it still works. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you want to handle the uh, one from Scott? Sure, let's do the Muck Muck for Life. Mm-hmm. How appropriate. Uh, from Scott. Hi, guys. I just wanted to pass along that I really enjoyed your Issues 31 in an annual episode. Here are some of my thoughts. New Guardians annual. I agree with Chad that Kyle's relationship with his dad was a bit off. I love the Carol Kyle kiss, though. I feel sorry for you, Scott. No, I'm kidding. I guess Kyle can add another notch to his hot girlfriend belt, eh? Yeah, well, then, then she won't be long for this world or something bad's going to happen to her. <laughs> uh, Make sure if, if a refrigerator pops up anywhere nearby, <laughs> run. Take out a lot of insurance, Carol. That's all we have to say. Uh, New Guardians number 31. This issue was awesome. It looked like in the past Mogo only disabled Raga, but Kyle literally blows a hole through his heart in this issue. Was it a him? I thought it was a her. Uh, it's I don't I don't I don't know, but uh, Raga was definitely dead. Kyle is an animal. <laughs> Mogo is going to be pissed when he hears about this. Well, that's debatable, I suppose. Uh, New Guardians is definitely uh, the best Green Lantern title on the stands right now, in my opinion. Green Lantern number 31. The reveal of Muck Muck being a Durlin is possibly the best reveal of 2014. <laughs> I don't know if you can argue with that one, considering how 2014 is gone. <laughs> Actually, no, I think Sodom Yat coming back probably would be that. Well, if we were... If, if if we were doing uh, <laughs> any sort of uh, awards best of 2014 show at the end of the year, then sure, but but we're not. <laughs> Especially if it's going to be dominated by Durland. That's right. Uh, Green Lantern Corps 31, question for you guys. When will Arisia play a more prominent role in the series? I'm glad to see her back, but she's really taken a backseat. I like her better in the 90s when she was more promiscuous. <laughs> Way to go there, Scott. <laughs> you, mean, you mean when she was an underage teenager and physically aged herself just so she could be more appealing to Hal? And Hal knew all this, but still decided to sleep with her on the regular anyways? <laughs> Any port in a storm, baby. <laughs> if there's grass on the alien field, you play ball. Gross. <laughs> I think um, we just lost whatever female listeners we have. <laughs> I don't think that we like him liking her more promiscuous is going to help us before that. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned to Scott, I suppose that I... If Sodom Yad ever comes back and plays a relevant role again, that's probably when I think Arisia is going to step up and have a bigger role. Probably. So, um, but until then, I think she'll just kind of be. I'm not. There might be a story or two where she takes you know front and center, but I think she's kind of there more as a just a, like an homage or a kind of a, a test, a testament. To, hey, remember me? Um, as opposed to giving her a lot to do. Um, that's what I think. Uh, Supergirl 31, I read this issue when there was not much going on here. It can be missed, which is good because I missed it. <laughs> um, Green La- Red Lanterns 31, this title continues to put out great issues. The Judge is an excellent character. I think we both agree. Yep. Um, 
Great job, guys. I have a sad ending to my Lantern Cast streak, though. I've listened to all 188 episodes, but I'm going to have to pass on your episode 189, uh, Game of Thrones Season 4 talk. I've heard many great things about this series, but my TV time has diminished over the last few years. It might have something to do with having a two-year-old and another on the way. God bless you, Scott. Uh, can you guys rename episode 189 to something like Game of Thrones episode 1 to keep my streak alive? I promise I will eventually get to it, but it, it might not happen anytime soon. Maybe years from now. <laughs> Talk to you again soon. Scott, signing off from the Great White North. Um, well, Scott, as I mentioned, maybe next time we'll, we'll consider doing a separate numbering for our completely... Ra- radical offshoot tangent episodes, but that one radical, that radical, radical, before. radical. <laughs> that ship kind of, that ship kind of sailed before we had a chance to even read that mail. So. Yeah. Um, we basically responded to everything, right? While while we were reading it. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured it was better that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, you want to do Brian's? Uh yeah. You gotta wait to Brian. No, let's 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 do Brian's. Uh, this this is a. Uh, I, I, am I wrong? We haven't heard from him before, have we? I don't believe so. No, certainly not via email. No, we could definitely can say via email. We have not heard from him before. Uh, Brian goes hi, Chad Mark. I just got caught up with listening to your recent episodes. I think you were both doing a really good job of taking and re- reviewing as much information from the current run of GL books as possible. Well, I do like the current team of Venditti slash Jensen slash Jordan at all. I don't think we're getting the deep look below the surface reads that we were treated to during the early years of the Johns and Tomasi run. Johns and Tomasi had the advantage of taking some mediocre to average Green Lantern stories from previous decades and putting a new spin on them and being the first to make characters like Sinestro much more complex. Amen. Over at my podcast, Comics and History, I'm wrapping up my look at the Zero Hour event. In a couple of weeks, I will start a spotlight on Guy Gardner. I was hunting down Guy's initial appearances in the 70s. uh, As I was hunting down Guy's initial appearances in the 70s, I was listening to you guys talking about Parallax, View, and Future Shock. Needless to say, as I was picking up Guy Gardner issues, I also found myself picking up the Parallax, View, and Future Shock issues from the back issue bin as well. Your reviews were good, so were so good. I just had to pick up the issues to see the Daryl Banks art. Thanks for the great work you do. I look forward to more episodes of the Lantern Cast, Brian. That is one of the best compliments I think we've gotten since you and I have taken over. I think so. If somebody if somebody is listening to us and actively goes, well, I wasn't going to get that issue, but that was such a great review. I'm going to go back issue bin diving and get those issues. <laughs> That's the, I think that's awesome that we send somebody. I mean, I, granted, he was already hunting them down as he was listening to us, which I mean, I do that often. I'll you know charge up my iPod and get my list and you know listen to a you know I've I've you know I have several different podcasts I listen to. I'll be you know listening to Flashback podcast or you know Fire and Water or something like that, and you know it'll I'll be listening to one of their episodes or something like that and. There have been times when I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> and, you know, start looking through and see if I want to add it to my pile and stuff. So I think it's really cool that we have that effect on other people as well. I agree. Now, now that almost makes us feel guilty. Now we should review the uh, the whole Uprising graphic novel and give it a great, a great review and see if we can get people to go pick it up. No, only kidding. <laughs> no, we won't do that. <laughs> DC, you owe us. I about had a heart attack. 
Lorefleet, <laughs> five thumbs up. As far as the deep uh, look below the surface raids, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Uh, we we ended we we ended the Derlin saga. Uh, I think you and I have said everything we can about what's been going on with this new creative team and what they need to do better. So uh, let's just take solace in the fact that the Derlin uh, story is semi over for now. And uh, you know, next episode, you and I are going to be talking about only good stuff. So let, let's. <laughs> Let's, uh, I, you know, I, I'll just put it, leave it at, I agree with you, Brian. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good, a pretty good assessment. Now, to be fair, there may be some things that they're laying the groundwork for, for that maybe are like, it's kind of subtle. So maybe that we haven't picked up on it yet, or it's real easy, which kind of goes to his point that it's real easy to overlook because of the way a lot of this is structured or written so far that so maybe we'll find when some other stories are developed and come to fruition that we'll go back and say oh yeah they did kind of lay the groundwork for that they did kind of like drop hints at that but yes yeah, certainly going back to and we were building towards our john's retrospective that was one of the things that um he definitely did very well regardless of what people if people even the people who don't like john's or don't or did but then kind of turned against him the reality is he did take his time and put and start uh, added a lot of texture and a lot of layers that at at first you didn't really realize what you were getting. Even like when we talked about the Sinestro Corps War and some and you mentioned going back to Rebirth as some of these how some of the first hints at the emotional spectrum was in some of the dialogue and descriptions in the core in uh, Rebirth, and then even in Green Lantern. Uh, the Sinestro Corps one shot that again basically we're being told right without us realizing at the time these are going to be the other cores we're basically told what all the what all the cores of the emotional spectrum are going to be but yet that doesn't really come come out full force until you know the Sinestro Corps war wraps up months and months later so yes that was I I it, I would like more of that it would be nice to have more of that but I guess we're going to know really where this te- where Things are going to go. If things are going to, if there's a method to the madness, I guess, and the way they structured their first year on the books, I think we're going to realize, at least related to Core and Lantern, I think we're going to find that out relatively quickly. Um, as we head into you know, God's Head and whatever the Shadow Empire thing, how that factors in, that they really, I, th- I think Chad and I are in agreement. They really need to kind of like up their game a little and take it in a slightly different direction or. Because if it's more of the same, it's kind of hard to imagine this is going to be good, even though we know sales did increase during Uprising. Not quite sure why, <laughs> but at least for the, through the first parts of Uprising, uh, Green Lantern and Green Lantern Core especially did get a boost, with Green Lantern actually making it back into the top 20, which I, I think was the second part, the second Green Lantern issue of this. Um, I think it was the second which would have been part three. I think that might have been the one that made it into the top 20. But either way, so we'll see. But it's still a question mark, but we, I think we both agree with pretty much everything you said there, Brian. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, skipping over to Facebook and Twitter, um, I'm only going to go back so far as July 20th. Um, 
as I said, guys, back when we first started doing uh, feedback, the more we get uh, voicemails and emails, the more we're going to be phasing out uh, Twitter and Facebook in as far as reading what you guys are saying on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, by no means does that mean stop communicating with, with us on Facebook and Twitter because it won't be read on the air. Um, I actually enjoy, as in as far as, you know, emails and, and, and voicemails are fantastic. They give us something to talk about and respond to on the air um, and personally interact with you guys in, in, a, in a direct one-on-one uh, way. But Twitter and Facebook enable uh, us to interact with you guys during the week, you know, throughout the week, not just when you hear us um, on, on, the, on the show. And I actually like that. I like logging on, and I like getting like Twitter notifications every now and then. Someone will, you know, you know, you know, say something and uh, on Twitter, and I'll get a notification on my phone, and it leads to a conversation because you know I, I don't have anything going on at that particular moment, and I can engage in a nice little conversation. So I think it's I think it's cool, and please uh, communicate, continue to communicate with us on Facebook and Twitter. But because I don't remember the last time we did this, um, I just kind of picked a random point. And uh, July twentieth uh, on both Facebook and Twitter, and I'll I'll go from there. Um, now, on Twitter, this kind of relates to something that Mark and I will be discussing later uh, uh, in an upcoming episode, and at some point in the near future, uh, I won't say when because I don't want people to be like, "Hey, you said you're going to do this episode. When it, where, <laughs> when's it coming?" But I posted on July twentieth. What are your top five single issue comics of all time? Not just GL. Can be one and done or part of a storyline. We got several, uh, and I said no, no OGNs, uh, original graphic novels, um, and we actually got several responses. Um, uh, at Boltzman thirty eight said the all new fifty two, um, Justice League twenty three point four. Oh no, no, just uh, it, number five is Justice League twenty three. Uh, number four is Sinestro one. Number three is Forever Evil five. Number two is Batman. 13 and number one is green lantern 20 uh the wrath of the first lantern issue uh i think so yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> Dwayne says astro city uh astro city number one slash two i don't know if there was i never read astro city so i don't know if there was an issue one half so I, i'm assuming he means issue one two one and two but it, if there's one half i'm sure it's it's called the nearness of you he says it holds all five spots because this is the only comic ever to make me actually tear up. Scott said, uh, I'll give you one of them, Green Lantern number 109, Ghosts of Christmas Past. Um, I think that's during the Kyle Rayner era. Uh, yes, it would be. Yeah. Uh, Andy says, Guy Gardner number 35, Core Breach, the two-fisted man of action res- rescues the core. This is what comics I- should all be like. <laughs> I had that issue. I had that <laughs> I have I have a few random issues of guy of guy Gardner and I think yeah because I think that might that might lead into when Guy Gardner ended up fighting Guy Gardner or something. <laughs> uh, Scott says I'll add Guy Gardner. Yesterday's sins issues number eleven through fourteen shows the struggles Gardner faces as a child in an abusive house. And Andy says totally agree a much and a much better origin story than the New Fifty Two version. I actually like the New Fifty Two origin. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I do. I, I you know, if they were going to change origins, I think the Guy Gardner origin is one they did well. Yeah, I think that works. Um, it looks like it is Astro City one, uh, one, 
One half, pretty much. Okay. Point five. <clears throat> uh, Jim Ford tweeted out my latest custom: a Green Lantern, Batman, and metallic green with a custom ring. Uh, he did a, a basically a, took a Funko Batman and painted it. Did you see that picture? Yes, I did. It's pretty cool. Yes, he, good work as usual. Um, we kind of talked about this in the, the episode I'll be posting tomorrow uh, about uh, Josh Keaton uh, being in the Lego Batman game as Green Lantern. Let's see here. Uh, Corwin uh, actually finished uh, his uh, Green Lantern map for the Jeff Johns era. So you can head down to uh, lanterncast.com, click on, the, click on the forum link, and find Corwin's uh, binding uh, uh, Green Lantern binding thread, and it'll, the link will be in there. Or you can scroll down to uh, a tweet from Corwin at EMPCast from July 28th um, and find his tweet there that has the link in there. I'd read it out, but, I mean, URLs are so long. Um, <laughs> which To which Floto responded, let's hope my bank manager hasn't seen how long that list is. <laughs> um Shoutouts to tons of people. We got tons of retweets and uh, and uh, favorites from people well, we've heard before and people we haven't heard from before. Uh, Shoutouts to Derek, to Jennifer, Andy and Scott as always, uh, Green Blogger, YYZ Jeff, uh, JJ the GL, um, let's see, Dowd of course, Corwin of course, AJ. Mark, uh, Mark, um, Celt, uh, Celtic, uh, let's see, um, ton, tons of people. I mean, uh, Ed, Cajun Sean, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of people on here. Um, there's also, <clears throat> I was, uh, Scott had asked, are you guys recording tonight? I have an email coming. Of course, we've already, uh, read that email, but I responded, you know, so, uh, uprising wrap up. Tonight, <laughs> July 29th. Uh, I said, still editing Ep 190, hopefully posting tonight. Super busy work week. Um, and uh, he said, uh, actually, a good story arc. Uh, Andy said a good story arc. Uh, liked it a lot. GL back on track. So that's uh, that's Andy's res- uh, kind of uh, thoughts on the end of Uprising. It says, actually, a good story arc. A lot of potential for future stories. Liked it a lot. Um. <laughs> Cajun Sean. Um, <laughs> I said, who is looking forward to F-190 tonight? Cajun Sean responded, still waiting for the threshold review. <laughs> There's always got to be one in every crowd. <laughs> keep keep, keep it coming, guys. Just let's keep pounding Mark over the head with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. uh. Uh, Scott couldn't wait to hear what we said about the Sinestro uh, series, which uh, hopefully you uh, like what you heard already. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, um, Sean Engel has been promoting our show from Just One of the Guys, um, which is a podcast uh, concerning mostly the Kyle Rayner run of Green Lantern. Um, I believe it's on the Two True Freaks network. Um, but he gives us shout-outs from time to time, just randomly. Uh and uh, Scott is a listener of Sean's show, um, and he says uh, he gives us updates whenever Sean uh, gives us a shout out. So it looks like in uh, episode 123, 
uh, Sean gave us a shout out, and he gave us a shout out in a prior uh, episode as well. So he's already done it at least twice. So that's uh, that's awesome. Thanks so much for Sean doing that. Uh, to, to Sean for doing that, um, and thanks also to Scott for letting us know. Um, I'm I I am a subscriber to just one of the guys, but I don't listen yet because. Um, I'm trying to do it in a way that I listen to his episodes out, definitely out of order, but after we cover the material ourselves. I have listened to a couple of episodes, and the ones I've listened to I like. So I'll say that. <laughs> so if you're if you're uh, Jones for some Kyle Rayner goodness, uh, definitely go to just one of the guys. Uh, and, we, and we definitely appreciate his... Uh... His shout outs and his overall kind words. Absolutely. Absolutely, indeed. Uh, I kind of skipped back one day, but uh, on July 19th, I posted a photo of something I picked up at Walgreens. Have I talked about this on the show yet? These little uh, grab zags? I don't think so. Basically, at Walgreens, there's these little things called grab zags, Z A G S. Um, and it's these little plastic two-inch tall figures of uh, DC characters that sit on this tiny little plastic podium. And I had gotten three of them, and I ended up getting, surprise, surprise, Hal Jordan and Oliver Queen. (laughs) So I got my Green Lantern, Green Arrow team up right in front of my uh, desk at work. Um, And a lot of people seemed super interested in these, because even I had never heard of them. So thanks to Ryan, Dwayne, Fernando, Chris, Kay, Daniel, Sean, and Joe. Uh, and you were interested in them too, uh, uh, right, right, Mark? Yeah, I thought. The, I mean, I thought the sculpt. I mean, that, the the hair on Hal gave me a little bit of pause, but I, but I will say I like the sculpt. I, I will say that probably has more to do with the filters that I put over the because it was on Instagram. So so it's not so it's not as much like a the ugly redheaded stepchild Hal it's, Jordan. It's 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 more brown than it is red. Cool. So yeah, if if you can find because the the grab zags aren't clear, you don't know what you're getting. Yeah, I hate the, I hate but, that. Just like they have the they have the. Uh, but they're like a dollar a piece or something like that. So. Yeah, that's a that makes it a little. That's that's a little easier to swallow when you don't have to go nuts and spend big bucks to try to get, oh. you know, blind blind figures. It's so much. Sometimes it's so much easier if you just know what you're getting. <laughs> Uh, some positive response, uh, just some likes about our games, Game of Thrones Season 4 talk. Uh, I did post about, on July 24th, about the GL Lego set. We got into that last, uh, last episode. Um, uh, I posted my review. Okay, so guys, I have seen the first episode of The Flash. And I posted my review online. I think we've already mentioned this on the show. Uh, if you guys would like to read that, that is over at LanternCast.com. Um, it is kind of spoiler free. What would, I mean, some, some light spoilers. Did you, did you read it, Mark? I did not finish it, but I did start reading it because I want to, I wanted to, I kind of do want to, I do kind of want to watch it just like not having much information about it. But again, at at this point, (laughs) it's like a lot of things you want to do. You just haven't got a chance to do. So I, I, I do have to, I do have to finish it. Yeah. Um, there's also been, uh, I posted a video from, uh, San Diego of, uh, a, 
uh, a panel that Stephen Amell, who plays Oliver Queen on Arrow, um, did. And I, uh, one of the questions from the audience was, what other DC characters would you like to see join the cast of Arrow? And Stephen Amell said, uh, Green Lantern. Um, this is interesting because that was one of several times uh, the name Green Lantern was dropped by members of the cast or production team uh, during San Diego. I am thinking Green Lantern is coming or Hal Jordan is coming or somebody. I don't know if it's John or Alan or, or Kyle. I don't know who. I don't know when. I don't know if they'll be, you know, if, if it's Kyle, like, will it be just Kyle Rayner artist or will it be Kyle Rayner artist Green Lantern? I mean, I have no idea. But it's been dropped several times. I don't know if they're doing that just because they are highly aware now that, you know, Green Lantern has such big ties to Green Arrow and, you know, and Flash. So I don't know if they're doing it on, but it seems like they're teasing something they can't talk about. I don't know. I'm just spitballing and I'm probably just being overly hopeful. <laughs> no, I think it pro- I think it probably makes sense. It may very well not it may very well be something that if it doesn't happen this season, it will happen next, or it might be something that, you know, kind of towards the end of the season, like a, like a big, a spoiler or a reveal for the end of the season, maybe. So they probably know, they probably know. Um, even though we know that the movie universe and the TV universe aren't supposed, supposed to cross over, it's still good, you know, it's still good publicity and obviously raises the exposure. So to get as many characters probably as, they're going to be in the uh, DC movie universe, you know, to get them out there to get people more and more familiar with and re and reestablish or a relationship with these characters is probably a plus. So I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, uh, you posted a review for Planet of, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, and I still got to get my I got to get the Hercules one up since I I'm assuming you're gonna you want to do Guardians. Yeah, right? I'll do a Guardians one at some point. Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to get Hercules up in the next couple of days just so I won't be too completely way 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 behind the curve. And I'm kind of apologize for being late on on that, but yeah. So and then, but this week is the Expendables. I don't know if that'll deserve a review or not, but uh, th- we'll see. Yeah. Thanks also to Chad, Juan, Ramon, Dwayne, Neil, Ben, and Edel, uh, Ralph, uh, uh, Michael Bailey. Uh, there's I posted something about the Green Lantern Sleepers audiobooks. Did you see that? Yes, I did see that. Yeah. Um, if you guys have there, there are actually more Green Lantern related novels than you would think. Uh, four that I know of for sure. Um, there is Green Lantern Heroes Quest, but written by Denny O'Neill, which I've talked about a billion times before. Uh, and it's part of the Justice League of America novel series that came out early, early to mid-2000s. Uh, there's also something written by um, Christopher Priest. It's called Green Lantern Sleepers, and it's in three volumes. It's, it's uh, uh, Sleepers Book 1, Book 2, Book 3, and they're full-length novels. Um, they, the second one read a little dry to me because I only have the first two, um, but I found them, uh, fairly recently on the graphic audio and I have the graphic audio and I have had for a long time, the graphic audio interpretation of Green Lantern's Heroes Quest, which is fantastic. 
But, um, you know, I, I, I finally got a chance, I got around to listening to Green Lantern Sleepers. And let me tell you guys, uh, if, if you have stumbled across the Sleepers books in the past and think they're um, too dry, like I thought the second one was, uh, or, or was, the driest book is so engaging in graphic audio format. It is it, because graphic audio, and I, I you know, I, I know we've talked about it before, and even said their, you know, their catchphrase before. So, but if you're new, graphic audio touts itself as a movie in your mind. Basically, what it is is it's a movie minus the images. You have a full voice cast. You have sound effects. You have music. You have a score. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a full the full Monty uh, in, in, in these things. So uh, definitely listen to them. And I kind of listed off just the characters to get people intrigued. Um, Plastic Man, Superman, Green Arrow, Black Canary, Ganthet, Sinestro, Quardians, Alan Scott, Hal Jordan as the Spectre, Jade, Kyle Rayner, um, Irene Miller, Lord Malvolio. Uh, Carol Ferris, Star Sapphire, uh, Guy Gardner, John Stewart. They're, I mean, they are all in these books across. I mean, the uh, some of them don't appear in every book, but you know, just one or the other. Um, but I think, in particular, Sleepers. One thing I didn't kind of catch about it that I caught when I was listening to graphic audio as opposed to reading it the first time around. This takes place while Kyle Rayner is the current Green Lantern. Alan still has some of his powers, although I am not sure if he is Green Lantern or Sentinel at this point. Uh, he has definitely already gone through the kind of de-aging process. He's, he's younger than he should be. And it's at the period where Hal Jordan is the Spectre. Final Night has already happened, and his time as Parallax has already happened. And he's fully ensconced in his role as, Parallax, I mean, as, a, as the Spectre. So, so it, it takes place at a very interesting time. And as far as Kyle, if you want to kind of narrow it down a little bit, it takes place while Kyle is dating uh, Jade. So there's kind of that relationship between that kind of triangle thing. I hesitate to say triangle, but kind of that involvement between Kyle and Alan and, 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 and Jade. Um, the only thing, I, the only criticism I'll say is Alan kind of comes off as a as a overbearing protective father like a you know too much so kind of like a dick but <laughs> but but i think i think it makes sense the more you get all get along into it um alan is kind of it's it's more uh, alan is direct than than old-fashioned and direct than him actively trying to be an ass um some of the comments from these from 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 our listeners Ben says, I have them all in audio form, and they are fantastic. Dwayne uh, says, I love graphic audio. I'll check these out. Michael Bailey says, I haven't heard the last one yet. Like the first one. Loved, loved, loved the second one. Uh, Ralph said, I liked the Green Lantern Heroes Quest a lot. If you guys have not either read the novels or listened to the graphic audio interpretations of these books... Go find them. You are missing out on a huge part of Green Lantern nerddom. Uh, I mean, whatever you want to say. I mean, there's they're they're it's it's they're all they're in their own world. They're, I mean, it's it's really cool. 
So definitely check them out. Um, the graphic audio can be a little expensive just because, I mean, it's, it's, it's an audiobook. Audiobooks are always expensive. Um, but it's, it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. And it's, and it's worth the time, too, because you listen to a graphic audio presentation of a novel, it's probably going to be six to seven hours long. But uh, yeah. have, you, have you ever listened to any graphic audio stuff? No. You're getting, I heard you talk when you, when you posted it. Um, you should even before now. You make it even sound even more interesting. I, I just don't have as much, I don't spend a lot of time. Certainly, I don't spend enough time where you would think. Even regular audio books, I don't spend a lot of time. Uh, you know, mobile where it would be really advantageous to listening to a book, but it intrigues me. So it might be something worth just getting and just blocking myself in the room and just listening to it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would recommend that you uh, do Green Lantern's Hero, Hero's Quest because that's just one novel. If if you Because if you buy Green Lantern Sleepers and like it, but it takes you forever to get through it and you just got through book one, you're going to want to get book two and three and then be frustrated when you can't get to them in a timely manner. Whereas if you just get Hero's Quest, you can at least kind of get that completest feel. That, right. hey, okay, I got that one. Uh, and I've been talking about Hero's Quest forever. And at some point, I'm going to force Jim to, you know, I'm going to pester, I'm going to pester Lauren to pester him or somebody, something. Jim is going to read uh, Hero's Quest, the novel, and or listen to the graphic audio presentation. And it's going to be a featured episode for uh, a, a, a return episode, if not the return episode, of the uh, Elseworlds podcast. Nice. So. But yeah, definitely, definitely, if, if you're going to only do one because of uh, whether it be finance reasons or time constraints or whatever, Green Lantern Heroes Quest. Uh, I would say if you're not interested in Green Lantern at all, I have a suggestion, but this is the Lantern cast. <laughs> uh, if, you, if, you, if you're if you really not interested in Green Lantern at all or know somebody who's interested in other DC characters besides Green Lantern, they did uh, super, one featured on Superman. The, as far as the novels are concerned, and each of these novels has been interpreted into graphic audio format, they did Superman, The NeverEnding Battle, Batman, The Stone King, Wonder Woman, Mythos, The Flash, Stop Motion, Green Lantern, Heroes Quest, and JLA Exterminators. Uh, all, all of those, uh, all six of those novels, and all six of them have been inter interpreted into graphic audio format. I say the best of the six, and despite being e even the, the Green Lantern fan, and I seriously do recommend Heroes Quest. The best of the six, uh, definitely in uh, stop uh, in uh, graphic audio format, if not also in novel format, is the Flash stop motion. It is fantastic, and it's Wally, -E. so it's it's good stuff. <laughs> nice. And plus, plus the 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 audio sounds cool because uh, nobody can ever really see it. Seem it seems like like super speed. It's hard to do as far as uh, CGI. Or, or special effects, like everybody has a different interpretation of how it's supposed to look, and th it doesn't matter. Some somebody always seems to think it's just not quite right. Taking away the imagery from it and just trying to perfect the sound of super speed, they did it. They they totally did it in this graphic audio thing. So if you're only gonna get one and it's not Green Lantern, the Flash stop motion. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it for this time around. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about, Mark, before we uh, shut it down? 
no, I think we, I think we pretty much covered everything we wanted to cover tonight. Um, we, we, we need people to be able to re- relax and breathe deep now that this Durland thing is over with. So we don't, we don't, we didn't want to give you an overly long episode today because the two things you don't want to hear going side by side are Durland and Long. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, next next time around we'll do Red Lanterns and New Guardians, which are much more up upbeat, at least as far as you know, relatively self-contained and or much more interesting storylines currently going on. Uh, this is so. this is episode one ninety three, right? Correct. Okay, so we might as well say it now because uh, the sooner we say it, the better as far as getting it out there. Episode two hundred is coming up, everybody. Um. Whether you were involved in it or not, and uh, you know who you are if you're involved in it, or you will know soon enough, um, uh, feel free to call us and leave us voicemails that we can play on a super special episode 200 uh, uh, episode, uh, whether it be congratulating us on 200, or you just want to leave some feedback, or you know whatever you want to do, 708 Lantern, of course, and Mark will give us the rest of that uh, going on, um, but uh, we're, you know, we're... It's a big deal. So uh, episode 200 is finally coming about, and uh, you know, just prepare for that. You know, if you want to send us some feedback uh, or, or anything like that. And additionally, and Mark and I talked about this. We don't know the specifics. Uh, only o- only the prize, but there will be a contest coming up fairly soon, and the prize is Green Lantern Rebirth collector set featuring Green Lantern and Sinestro action figures. Uh, uh, so basically, Hal Jordan and Sinestro as Green Lanterns, uh, and it comes with the 192-page graphic novel Green Lantern Rebirth. You probably, guys have probably seen this set uh, in, I don't know, I think, I think I've even seen it in Barnes & Noble. Um, have you? Probably. This is, this is, this is basically, uh, this, is, this is the trade paperback version of Green Lantern Rebirth, uh, with, along with two action figures, Green Lantern Hal Jordan and uh, Green Lantern Sinestro with power batteries and stands. Uh, so that will be the prize. If not, uh, there might be a little more attached to that depending on what's going on, but for sure at least that uh, that, that collector set will be a prize offered up. Um, no idea what we're going to do yet, uh, but expect it to be announced fairly soon. If not, at the very least, it will be announced in episode 200. So, uh, if people want to contact us regarding this, uh, the tonight's content or future content or episode 200, how do they do that, Mark? Well, Chad, they can contact us by emailing us at lanterncast at gmail.com. Lanterncast at gmail.com. You can, of course, visit our website, lanterncast.com. You can check out our forums. You can check out our galleries, products of the week. Which is another thing I'm working on. Uh, movie reviews. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can use hashtag GLCast to find us on both. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like us on iTunes, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708-LANTERN. That's 708-LANTERN! And let us know what you think. Uh, that's right. Next episode, 194, is uh, more, uh, Red Lanterns and New Guardians 32 and 33, right? You got it. Awesome. Well, we'll talk to you guys later, and uh, 200 is coming soon. All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> 
Hal Jordan is the man, drawn like crap by Billy Tan. Takes a year to make a plan? The storyline still isn't done. But we have Goran's son! Sam Walker needs Prozac, at least. Sodom Yad is back. More Bridesman and Kuhn. Can the story please end soon? Time to turn the ancients loose. No more shape-shifting juice. John's love life sucks. The court betrayed by Mock Mock! It's the end of the Durlins as we know them. It's the end of the Durlins as we know them. It's the end of the Durlins as we know them. And it's damn time. It's the end of the Durlins as we know them. Oh yeah. It's the end of the Durlins as we know them. It's the end of the Durlins as we know them. And it's damn time. Really, it's damn time.